Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's up, guys? I'm Jonah. This is Brad. And uh, we are doing a super mellow intro. I'm feeling good today, man. Yeah, it's Friday. It's Friday. Just so you know. Can I, you tell? It feels like a Friday. I mean, I know that Friday to you is just another day, Jonah. I remember when I was self-employed and didn't have kids and uh didn't matter. I had a band. I had pianos become this tea stay with me two nights ago. And uh, they stayed out all night drinking. And me and their guitar player and their sound guy went back to my house and just watched YouTube videos and went to sleep. <laughs> We used to, <laughs> so back that's where in the, I'm at. In the Goops days, we had a big band house, you know, that like, Where was it? It was on East 6th Street between A and B. Wow. Um, yeah, it was very well located, centrally located. But uh, there's this band, Boss Fuel, that from Providence that were just awesome friends of ours. Great, amazing band, too. But, you know, they would come down for the weekend and we'd play like one or two shows with them. And, uh, and by Sunday, you know, they would just be like, they would be so destroyed. I'm sure. I remember their lead singer Paul was one. He goes, like, man. He goes, he goes, Brad. I don't know how you guys do this, man. I've only been here for like a day and a half, and I'm like, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> I'm like, well, Paul, you know, we don't go 250 percent every single night like you're doing. <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, I had a really positive experience this week. I um, I've talked about in this podcast before. I've had this. What I thought was a sciatic injury, and I haven't been able to practice yoga, do anything for nine months. It's hurt when I bend it over, and I've tried physical therapy for four months, acupuncture, chiropractor, nothing. One of my yoga teachers was like, you should see this healer guy. And I was like, when I hear healer, I think of, like, crystals, and I was like, I'm so cynical. And I was like, ugh, yeah, I'm sure this is going to be a big help. And when this website, and this guy had really good reviews, I was like, eh, whatever. I went to this dude, and he was, like, started pressing on my stomach. He's like, has anyone tried pressing here? And I was like, no, it doesn't hurt there. It hurts my back. He's like, hold on. And my stomach was so tight. And he was like, he was like, dude, he's like, your stomach is clenched so tight. And he's like, it's actually like, I think, pressing down on the nerves in your back. And he's like, and I think that's why your back hurts. I think it's all coming from here. And he started sort of like doing this massage on my stomach and then showed me how to do it at home. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then I woke up the next day and was like 50% better. <laughs> I can't. I'm going back today. I could not believe it. Like it's made a bigger difference than anything else. So it's you can't. You know, it, I mean, 
you should yeah use whatever works like this is right. what i find like the idea you know there's this american ideal of western medicine which is a fucking it's basically a bunch of car mechanics that are working on people instead of cars like yep. some of them are good some of them are bad None of them know everything. They're marking stuff up. You're getting tests you don't need. Just yeah. like every time you go get a fucking oil change and they try to sell you on 30 things you don't need. But they're need. so ignorant about a lot of stuff. And like, yeah, you've got to go to these other alternative fucking... Yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying. I mean, I guess now there's probably more Western doctors now that are starting to embrace these kind of alternatives. But yeah, it's so frustrating my wife used to go to this guy in chinatown like she swore by him like this chinese doctor kind of like same thing like an is it the guy steven goes to no okay because i went to that it. guy twice this guy speaks no english okay like she would she would have to go in and like point like to parts of her back and be like pain pain and go like, pain pain she, yes pain and that is literally the the extent of their conversation yeah. but she's she described it the same way like you know she'd have she'd have this pain in her shoulder and he wouldn't even go near the shoulder. He would start like in an area like at the bottom of her spine. And sure enough, like that was Yeah. It was It's all connected, baby. Yeah, it's all connected. It was so crazy. And, I, and no one had tried this and I couldn't believe it. So yeah. I can't stop massaging my stomach basically. <laughs> so like I was at this Faith No More show and my back started to hurt and I was like I was like, I hope it doesn't look like I'm like jerking off or something <laughs> because I'm just pressing against my stomach and it for some reason it's like relaxing my leg. I don't know, man. It's wild. Uh, today on the podcast, uh, we had some of the guys from early November. Uh, I've known um, known them for a while, especially Joe. Nice, too, I guess. Um, some of them I don't know as well, but they're all super nice dudes. I met them. We talk about this. I was on really good friends with this band, Limbeck, and uh, probably about 10 years ago, still living in Cleveland, Limbeck was on tour with them, Cartel, and uh, Newfound Glory, and they were staying at my house in Ohio, and they said... Joan, we're doing three shows in Cleveland. John Cheese was tour managing them. Do you want to come to Canada with us? And then we'll drop you back off in Cleveland in like four days. And me working from home and having nothing to do is like, sure. And so I spent, yeah, maybe four or five days on the road with them. Um, and it was super fun. And uh, early November broke up for a while, and now they're back together. And they just came out with a new record, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce it right, even though it's only, <laughs> I'm a professional writer, and it's a five-letter title. <laughs> in Bue? I think that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, what does that mean, Brad? Imbue to, to, to drink? Uh, no, it's imbibe. No, no, it's to it's to it's to uh to to give to, I guess. Okay. It's like the best to imbue like to God, I hope I'm right now. <laughs> I mean I can you, you, you already know, you already sound smarter than me because I'm I have no it idea. It is still like Fairly early, and I could uh, I could come up with some total BS at this time of the day. I could look it up, but I'd rather hear your definition, <laughs> whether it's accurate or not. Imbue, it means to massage the rear quarters of a horse in order to prepare it for a race. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that's probably a metaphor in this case. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, this was a super, super fun conversation. I want to thank um, their publicist, Talia, for also... Um, setting this up and uh if we had a guest host uh, i want to thank them for coming by oh, shit. i'm pretty sure we didn't maybe we did i don't remember <laughs> you'll be able to hear when you listen to this episode right now it's going on
yeah. I wish cargos were cooler. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah. Wish what was cooler? Cargos. cargos. Why aren't they cool? I don't, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> they're. No I feel like they're out. No. For some reason. Like cargo shorts might be okay, but like mm-hmm. a full cargo pant. No. I think it depends I on think the circles totally you in. run in. Like yeah. I think cargo pants and shorts are still very in. Uh huh. With like the shredded Abercrombie hat or like Absolutely. Look, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. I think so you just like, gotta run with those dudes. So like the rugged sportsman upper class white guy? Right. Like that type of vibe? Well, Party dude, frat bro. Yeah, frat, frat like, bro, frat guy. Like, yeah, we're military. Uh, that's very. Oh, that's true. Military Maybe personnel. some expats. Yeah. <laughs> but those guys actually just need a lot of pockets, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for stuff. Like I have this Swiss Army knife, which serves me no functional purpose when I'm home. That's like mm. the cargo pant of knives, though. It is great. It's got everything. I so got the stuff. one with all the stuff on it. Even check it out. The the pliers. Nice. You know, that's cool. But so you, I have a plan. It's got this big knife on it. Okay. Which, like, I could never envision stabbing somebody with this. Right. With anything, really. Right. Like, I'm just, I'm just generally not that stabby. So my new plan is really? to take this corkscrew, <laughs> this corkscrew here, and do, like, one of these jobs oh. and do, like, a poke and run. You could just hit him with the to knife. To illustrate for Twist people as you poke. just listening, I have this corkscrew in between, what, my pointer and middle finger and the idea is to just punch somebody with the corkscrew rather than try and stab i feel like it would be quick yeah and then you're out of there see now i think you should just use the knife without anything open and hit them in the <laughs> chest with it and make them think that they were stabbed use the, oh, the fear like also, psychosomatic yeah, you look a yeah. little more intimidating with a mustache i gotta say i like it what do you right. think but i think it's like you could i could see like you getting away with something like that. Right. That's oh, why just... my first impression of you was stabby. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I carry this wow. umbrella. Because <laughs> You know, I work really hard to cultivate that kind of feeling. So yeah. thanks. Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah, I think the label was really pushing that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, listen, push the stabby. Enough with the nice guy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, edgy. That's how you. Right. That's how you get hits. That's, that's, that's how you move Absolutely. units. That's how you edgy. That's how you get likes. Is edginess. Yeah. So telling me? today we're joined Jonah, by Jonah, the king of edgy. <laughs> I'm the king of edgy. Joined today, early November. Um, yeah. You guys want to introduce <laughs> yourself like we were joking about before? Yeah. Uh, Joe here. I play guitar and stuff. I'm Bill. <laughs> this is how I sound. <laughs> Hi, I am Ace. And guest host. Benny Horwitz. Hi. Back from tour. Everyone, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for yes. coming, guys. I'm glad this worked out. Um, I was telling Benny, we really hung out. First of all, is everything okay in here? Room's too cold? Or good time? No. Oh. Got out of the way. Um, <laughs> we met uh, on tour when you guys toured with Limbeck Cartel and Newfound. Mm-hmm. And I was on tour with Limbeck and, uh, in Canada. How long ago was that? That was maybe like 10 was, years ago? That was 2004. 2004. Mm-hmm. That was 11 years ago. Are you serious? No, that was 2005. Never mind. It One extra year. We did the 2004 tour with Limbeck and Hey Mercedes. Oh. But, which was fun. And then uh, we did a, a bunch of support yeah, stuff with, with Newfound that. Glory, and they popped on Limbeck for like a run of the dates. Not the whole right, thing, yeah, but like I a remember. good run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. But we met fun. before that. Yes. We met Warp Tour. Warped tour? Yeah. I don't know which one, though. Was it I, 04 or 02? I'm not sure, but I do remember um, maybe 02, someone 
we got mistaken for each other. Oh, good. Someone was like, great set today. And I was like, I set up a booth. And they're no, like, you were playing with... Oh, yeah, my band did play some shows. Yeah. But no one said... We played on, like, the Kevin Says stage <laughs> at, like, 8 in the morning or something. Which at that time was in was on the, the parking lot, like, on the ground. Yes, I remember. Like, literally in the parking lot. And the best part, though, was I was working on the tour. I've told the story before, but my band would have to get in a van and drive to the next city, and I would just go to the barbecue and hang out and sleep on a bus. God. Ooh. But I also had to work on How? Day. Oh, well, who were you working for? I was working for AP. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, how mad were they? They were. I think they were pretty mad. Yeah. But... If Bill got to go on a... Because uh, we did oh. the first Warped Tour in a van, and by first Warped Tour, we did three or four days of it and then flipped our van. Oh, <laughs> I, think, I think and it was intentional because we hated it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was intentional because we hated it so much um, in a van, rather. But if Bill was, like, just cruising on a bus... On uh, that you tour? guys would hate me. Oh, I'd hate him. I Wait, been... so you guys flipped a van and then it got stolen? And then another one got stolen. Yeah. Well, yeah, we did like four or five shows. Um, our van, our driver fell asleep. We flipped over. We flew home for like a week. We got another van, all new equipment, and it got stolen the very first show. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't play a show. We went. We tried to go to a strip club in Atlanta, and we parked it in a lot. And uh, as you can tell, we're oh, did you go that one? Yeah. That famous one, exactly yeah. that one. Oh, the Caledonia? No, it's called the Cheetah Three. I don't know how famous oh, it is, but oh, apparently it the... was pretty. Oh, there was nice. like celebrities rolling in when we oh, got yeah. there. Is the it guy like was classy or like finger in the bum hole kind of classy? Like okay. like there were white limos out front. Oh. I'm pretty sure we saw Raven, the wrestler, wrestler right? Yeah, it was a wrestler. And there was the guy, the guy who told us where it was, who was also the the man who stole our vehicle. Yeah. said, "Hey, they won't even cause we had our drummer was 17. He's like, they won't even card." There's no cover. We got there. It's like 21 plus, and there was like a cover fee, and we're like, yeah, this guy's stealing our van. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be two blocks away from wow. where we parked, but it was like two miles, yeah. and we walked real far, got there. It was gone. It was a sad moment. <laughs> so did, you didn't go wow. into the strip club at all? No. No, we couldn't get and in. And you there. get back to the lot, and just the van's gone. Yeah. We knew that. As soon as we got okay. to the strip club, I was like, uh, he stole our van. Yeah. yeah. We, we knew that. Ace and I were walking in front of everybody, and we were like, he stole the van, and he's like, yeah. And he's like, let's just not say anything. Because we don't want to freak anyone out. So then when we arrived, we, I think him and I just start laughing. We did take laughed the key. like crazy. His, his wife was with us. Oh, so this funny. guy had the key keys? No, yes. let's. The story stops here. It's over. Okay. The story, story's over. <laughs> he, he asked for our keys because he said it's a big van. We might need to move it. And we said, "Well, it's yeah, a lot. Sure. Like you know, if you park here in in New York, right? right. Yeah, most lots that you park at, you need to leave the keys. Oh, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. what it was like. So we had to leave the key just in case they had to move it because it was a bigger vehicle." Mm-hmm. I understand. However, there was a big sign which we noticed later. After we saying, got back, no attendant on duty. Do not pay attendant. It's like you know you do everything from this machine. Right. We just didn't see that. Right. We were also eager and wanted to go see boobies. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's not, it's that could happen to anyone. It, it, it can. It can. They somehow convinced me and my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. It was a very smart idea. She was like, I couldn't have been more than eighteen. Yeah. I was like nineteen. So this is our first tour. This is how we started. Okay. That's... No one asked, but this is how we started being a band. And, oh, that's not only your first warp tour. That's your first tour. First tour. tour. And to answer wow. your question, we are very edgy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you started out hard. That's almost yeah. like a jail story, like yeah. like early on. Did you guys yeah. ever? You guys ever have your van stolen? Not a whole van. Been broken into, but never yeah. a whole van. Yeah. And I've slept in the van in a lot of scary places. Oh, just to make sure that no one... Yeah, the dumbest yeah. idea ever. I've, I've, I've done that, too, but then I'm also like, what the fuck am I going to do yeah. if someone tries to break right. it? Like, people exactly. have, like, I've seen people peer in and I'll just, like, knock on the, like... Yeah, and you just got to make noise, really. Yeah. I, I've yeah. just made... I actually use it still to this day. It's kind of my tactic if I'm afraid in a situation. Just make people think you're, like, off. 
and I just make weird noises and things like that just to confuse people. <laughs> it's a good strategy. And yeah. these days, when I've been walking around my neighborhood and I walk by somebody I find generally menacing at all, I um I kind of like I've started like blinking and stuff uncontrollably. <laughs> so I'll like walk by and just kind of pretend like I got this like little twitch and like that I'm like. And nobody even look fucking looks at me twice anymore. It totally works. So, That's yeah. Good. So I don't know I like if you guys that. are feeling threatened. I was blinking. thinking about that. And if you get circled, start <laughs> masturbating. That's, <laughs> that's my other trick. Really? Yeah. So you if can you, get you can get you can get stabby, or you can get blinky, or you can get masturbaty. Yeah. yeah. Any of those three will work. And these will all add to your guys' edgy, already edgy title. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So very good. Yeah. Out of the gate, we were like the edgiest band on drive through because edgiest. of that. <laughs> like because of those situations. Because it wasn't a very edgy scene. Right. We were very edgy because we actually, like, we almost served time. And by almost served time, it's the guy who stole our van would have uh, served time. If we had caught him or had it, any yeah, evidence. We never caught yeah. him. Yeah, that's yeah, that's more than the Benjamins right. can say or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to go back. The Benjamin. Um, so when did you guys start playing again? 2011, was 2011. it? 2011. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what were you guys kind of doing? I was curious. I know you were doing your yeah, solo stuff. I had a bunch of bunch of stuff. You were? Um, he was in Hello Goodbye. You were in, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did hang out when you were in Hello Goodbye, too. Yeah. When you guys shot that video, you went to Main Drag, oh, like rented yeah. some stuff. Yeah. We and shot you, the video not far from here. And you were working at Disc Makers. That was before that, that yeah. That was before that. Yeah, working there for a year, and then I got a call from Forrest, and he's like, can you play keys? And I was like, not really. He's like, well, <laughs> our parts aren't hard. Do you want to be in the van? I'm like, yeah, let me just check. So I had to quit my job. And he's like, yeah, we're going to Japan in like two weeks. And you go? I'm like, absolutely. And that was it. So it's with those guys for like four years. And that when you were, was that when Travis was in the band yeah. and Mike? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Mike, who was. My old band toured with him when yeah. he was in the Valley Arena. Yeah. And Great. then Trav and Andy Richards. It's okay. a good time. And Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Daly. I only did one tour with Ryan Daly. But he's killing it. Yeah. He's doing pretty good. Ryan Daly's in a band called Pray to Lights now. Okay. Yeah. Doing well. Uh Bill had a fun time. He was digging graves. Yeah. Oh, really? He was a grave that digger. Was, no, that was just a short intermittent thing. That was part of when I worked for a uh, tent rental company. Okay. We did parties, <laughs> bounce rides, and we also helped the guy in town uh, <laughs> fill in grapes. <laughs> just come with the shovels, you know. But after that, no, I was growing vegetables on a farm. That's right. You did that. Where was he that? He was so tan. And he was amazing. <laughs> it was. For our first practice, it was amazing. He was yeah. just leathered. <laughs> it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Was, what were you growing? What was the uh, harvest? All kinds of vegetables. It was like an organic vegetable farm. That's cool. It was yeah. in Jersey? Or? Yeah. Egg Harbor Township. Okay. It was called Jaws Creation. Nice. Of course, of course yeah. it was. <laughs> hey, this, this can perhaps lead into the... Jersey portion of yeah. this interview. So, uh, so Benny took some, did some research. So something I, I never do. I did some research. <laughs> so who's from Hamilton? Me, you Ace are. And I. You, both of you guys are. Yeah. So you are aware that Hamilton's the blueberry capital of New Jersey. Yes, I'm, I assume sir. the world. Is it? Correction. It's the world. Correct. Well, I mean, that's what we like to say. Yeah. Okay. It was for a certain period of time. I think it got overtaken. Yeah, by I think like, it did got over. It's like overtaken Argentina or something. Yeah, now, somewhere in South America. America. It was like, a lot. And it was it Ocean Spray owns a lot of stuff down there. Oh, Ocean yeah. Spray does, yeah. Yeah. So like I know it's it's weird, but like when you're growing up there, like how aware are you of like the Very. fact that these are like 
like berries like that's our thing like here very very much <laughs> we have the blueberry festival every single year really what's it's that massive. about i mean now it's like this really big thing where it's like there's uh all these tents they bring in all sorts of like it's like a big fest we enjoy blueberries yeah that's what, that's what we're about that's awesome things are just getting edgier by the second <laughs> yes. i gotta say yes uh-huh They're, we're crazy there's and- another festival the cranberry harvest festival they got wolves there that sometimes are just there they just like tie up a couple. Yeah, they, they just show up. There's like a guy with wolves. And you can look at them. Hamilton's starting to sound like Game of Thrones now. Like I'm just picturing burning flames and wolves yeah, and feasts and well, harvest. What area are you from? Brunswick, right? I'm from that area. Yeah, I'm from Somerville, like Som- okay. Somerset oh. County. And then yeah, I lived in like New Brunswick area for like right a decade. But my brother. Went to Stockton State. That's where my wife went. And that's, like, when I found out about the Pine Barrens and, like, the culture down there, which goes to my next part. Did you know that Hamilton is one of 56 municipalities in New Jersey that is part of the Pine Barrens? Yes. Yes, I assume you know. Yes, sir. So, again, alluding to the history... What about let's talk Jersey Devil? We can get we can get into <laughs> Jersey Devil. Yeah. Can you explain the, what the Pine Barrens are to people who aren't oh, from New sure. Jersey? Oh sure. Well, no, you guys should explain. Yeah. I'm, I'm from the north. The Pine Barrens are like this big, dense, massive forest that sits on the. I don't, uh, I don't know how many acres or. Yeah. I don't know. It's a huge. Thousands. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look at a picture of the East Coast at night, you know, with all the lights and everything, there's like this one dark circle in uh. South Jersey. And it's really a very empty, all yeah, it's, bunch of trees. But really, it's beautiful. Really it's interesting like, right. uh, wildlife awesome. and ecology. Mm-hmm. I would think most people think of New Jersey. They think of like what's over the bridge, you know, from New York or whatever. And sure. like, New Jer- every, every band we toured with, New Jersey, oh, the place stinks or it smells, right. smells yeah. bad. It's like, yeah, but like where we grew up, it's just like can't get more rural, really, yeah. as far as like for the state goes. Sure. Um, so the Pine Barrens, Ace and I, when we were yeah. in high school, used to... Drive my truck back there yes. into the woods. Yeah, yes. just look, look for, for weird shit. Like, do you have a nice four by four? Yeah. I had a Bronco too. Yes, it was uh, it was nice. It was awesome. Oh. I felt felt great about it. Me and Joe used to get stuck in mud. We mm-hmm. used to do fun stuff. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we never saw the devil uh, himself. Right. Mm-hmm. But we know I'm somewhat aware of the story, the Leeds, right? The Leeds the, devil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mrs. Right. Leeds. Yeah, she had 13. 12 kids and then got. And the father was real abusive, and she hated all of them or something. And then she got pregnant again, and she said, may this one be the devil himself. And she, the devil sprung up out of her and took off into the into the Pine Barrens. And people still see it to this there day. There was one yeah. weird time where we were driving down that dirt road. We did, like, I do remember this, yeah. And, like, there was some type of light. Like, I'm not kidding. It had Maybe it was, like, a half a mile in front of us. But it was, like, this light that started, like, moving back and forth, like, swaying up and down. And then it just started like getting closer and closer, and we kept driving towards it. And then, like, we were like, we have to turn around right now. And we just booked as fast because we were so creeped out. It was a Jersey yeah. Devil with a flashlight. It was probably like <laughs> it was probably like you know at least one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So it was you know around the time where you do stuff like that. We're getting edgy again. I mean, but that could have not been the fl- that could have been his eyes. That was his eyes. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Very he looked. Well he he spoke to me in my soul. Right. Wow. Yeah. I love it. What did he say? He was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He Play the best song. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love this stuff about the Jersey Devil. Yeah. But if people still see him today, that means he's like, or she, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, it could go either way. Is like, could be up to like 130 years old now. Because mm-hmm. the first stories are 
1880s, 1890s. So that would be an old beast <laughs> if she was still kicking she around. Had kids. I'm pretty Baby sure devils. That's what, yeah. <laughs> El Diablos. So, all right. So that's cool that we talked about the Jersey Devil. Yeah, Did yeah. you know anything about that in no. Ohio no. besides for just the hockey team? What? The New Jersey Devils. And that's all I knew. Yeah. I didn't know there was a mythology behind it. But I know there's like mm-hmm. a lot of... We had on um, Chris Gethard, mm-hmm. and he worked for the Weird New Jersey. Oh. So uh, he told a bunch of... I know there's like a lot of mythology. There's a, just a lot of weird stuff in that state because yeah. in the Weird New Jersey, like Weird USA, we had, they had the show, they have the books. Like it started out as just Weird New yeah, Jersey because forever. there is so much weird shit. Like it, it's a lot where you live too. Or like mm-hmm. where you grew up like... Uh, what is it called? Uh like Shades of Death Road. Yeah, like that's Clinton. right up there. I had uh, Devil's Tree yeah. was up by me. Um, we had the Pig Lady's house. Oh, that was right lady. by me in Hillsborough. <laughs> nice. You guys know about the Pig Lady? No. This no. is a funky one. It's uh, back in the Doris Duke estate in Hillsborough, um, which she had owned for, for, I mean, I don't know, 100 years. And it's this giant part of Hillsborough with these stone walls. And it was all her property. And you could, like tour the estate she had these greenhouses pretty cool thing um and actually she died maybe 15 years ago and there was like a giant battle about her estate and who gets it and whatever but back there it's a creepy road and i remember actually the people who took me back there were do you remember the band bound x bound x yeah because uh jason so Shevchuk yeah was in it. it was jay Shevchuk yeah. who wound up being in like kid dynamite and none more black and bands like that. And then is there a girl in the band? Too? Yeah, Dana Berkowitz was a drummer okay. who ended up playing in like Reach the Sky and and all these bands up in Boston. And then Dave Underwood was the bass player who wound up starting Radar Mercury, who oh. turned into the Break. Yeah, yeah. this whole uh, old school. Yeah, a lot of yeah, 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 yeah genealogy of these bands. So those guys were from Hillsborough, and they took me out one night. I didn't want to go. Just to to be clear here, I'm not adventurous like this in the nighttime when things are scary. I'd rather be in a house, maybe maybe smoking a little, watching something funny. You know what I mean? I don't like scaring myself. Mm-hmm. But so they take me back here, and it's just these stone walls, pitch black back there, and they just slow down and turn into this driveway, and there's just this big-ass scary old house in the back, and... You're supposed to turn off the lights, you honk your horn a bunch of times, and you yell, pig lady, pig lady, pig lady. <laughs> you oh. turn on the lights, and she's supposed to appear in front of you. Like, that's, like, the thing, you know? And we go back into this driveway. They turn off the lights. It's just pitch black. Everyone, like, freaked out and just, like, reversed and went out of there. So I didn't have, I didn't have my experience with the pig lady. Man. But... It is a scary fucking place. I don't why, know. Why do you guys think that all this... Because I mean, we don't have that kind of stuff in Ohio. Like, mm-hmm. why do you think New Jersey it's so has it's so concentrated I, maybe, there? Maybe <laughs> old age. It's old. Yeah. It's old, but it also has... It's not the city. You know, it's, it's, it's connected to two much larger cities. So you have, like, the space for weird shit to go down. Because I think a lot of that stuff, with the just amount of people, right, just can't can't live in, like, a city like New York. I'm sure they have, like, their folklore, but just too many people, too much change happening in a big city. Right. And I think New Jersey's always been, like, where those people go to live or, you know, their children or whatever. And there's a lot of, you know, it's still kind of rural. There's a lot of farms. There's a lot of trees, and weird stuff happens out there. Something in the water, maybe? 
Just maybe. <laughs> and the history, too. A lot of the haunted stuff around New Jersey is because of, like, weird Civil War stuff, slavery yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. I know Devil's Tree is apparently a thing because they just used to hang people there, and yeah. that's why it's haunted. Yeah. The I scariest mean, part about that one is the Nazis who chase you off their property in pickup trucks. Yeah. That's wow. scarier cool. than the mythology on that <laughs> one. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a weird place. It's just a strange... Every time I would tour here with Hello Goodbye, and no one was from the East Coast at all, they'd be like, New Jersey's so weird. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand what's so weird about it because we grew up. And then when I lived in California, I came back and I'm like, it is pretty weird. Yeah. But it's a, it's weird in a cool way. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I think because it's relatively transient, because a lot of people are coming through and going other places, it's like a good mix of stuff going on but it, yeah the not pumping your own gas thing is always always weird to me i love it yeah it's great i mean it's it's great that you can it could be freezing or raining mm-hmm. yeah like someone's job is to do that right it's one less thing it's nice it's, well it's oregon too does that too mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. oh really i didn't know that. yeah oregon is the other one only two staying yeah. yeah i mean enjoy mm-hmm. see i feel like people from ohio like you don't have that history you're like people who like broke their leg on the way to get gold, <laughs> and we're just like, fuck it. Just like, here. All right, I guess they have like steel, so we'll just do that. Yeah, instead. no, I think that's a good point. <laughs> that's fair. When you guys are traveling in the U.S., do you ever like get to like Denver or Salt Lake City or like Reno? And think that maybe like people were part of like a really big carriage train with horses. And, like, you know, it must have been a long, arduous journey, mm-hmm. and they just got to, like, another mountain range, and we're just like, fuck it. No, oh, all the time. <laughs> That's right? where they got dysentery and just stayed behind. Yeah, I can't make another one. I'm done. <laughs> this place looks fine. And I always wonder, like, what made somebody, so, like, you know, when you're going through, like, just middle of nowhere, then you hit, like, that one town. You're like, yeah. what made you settle there? Yeah. It's uh, I, water. There must be a river or a lake nearby or something. something but like or. Yeah. <laughs> just what what happened there? Yeah, and then you kind of feel bad about everyone who lives there now, and then you feel bad about that thought, and you just keep driving through, and you never stop. I was at like a McDonald's in my, in my hometown when I was like in high school, and I ended up talking to some girl, and she's like, "What's it like living at like this rest stop?" Because it was just like off the freeway. I was like, "This is like the suburbs, but it's not like a rest stop." <laughs> but like literally to her, it's like, "Yeah, there's like an Olive Garden and a McDonald's, and then you get back a gas station, and you get back on the freeway." Right. Yeah, yeah that was pretty dismissive. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> you live in a rest stop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever think what you would be like if you did grow up in that place? You know who I was asking uh, the Bantani moving parts? They're from like in between somewhere in minnesota and fargo like they're in between somewhere even less interesting and i was like what was it like like how did you find punk rock like in that place i thought it was tough where we grew up Mm. because it was pre-internet for the most part pre-internet and uh they're like oh there was one band and it was us like we're the only band so like we were two hours from minneapolis which is not bad and like an hour from fargo just nothing's happening in fargo so it was, uh, I was always curious about that. Like, how does it reach? How do you do anything other than farm if you're from that area? Those guys also seem like the happiest dudes of all time. Super happy. <laughs> Maybe that has something to do with they it. They do drink like, a lot of beer. Yeah, that probably has something to do with it, too. <laughs> Maybe that's because of where they're from. Yeah. Although that sometimes makes me really, like, I drank a bunch of rum the other night. I normally don't drink rum, but it's one of those things where it's like, you get free rum if you're playing or something. When we were in Texas, and I 
I like start like talking shit. Like I go, like, what do you think? I'm like, fuck that. Like, it's like, that's not my personality at all. But I feel like the certain kinds of alcohol will bring out. Yeah. You guys feel that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I only, I really, I like gin. Yeah. So I'll usually get a gin based drink, but I always will have them. Like if I am going out to a show, there's going to be a lot of people to talk to and you kind of want to talk to them all. I'll drink, you know, a couple drinks and then I'm like, don't go too far. Cause then you're going to be an asshole. Gin makes yeah. you sin. And my dad used to say that. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, don't go too far, buddy. I'll start talking shit. I'll be like, yeah, fuck that band. Yeah. And it's like, no, don't say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to, yeah, I really enjoy whiskey, but you know, I feel like it would sometimes make me a little headstrong, take yeah. you on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or people would want to pick fights with me every time I drank. And then you realize it's something you're doing. <laughs> right. Why is everyone fucking with me whenever I drink this? Yeah. There are some people like that, you know? I've known people who have been like, yeah, I get into fights all the time. I'm like, you fucking start fights. Yeah. And then you start hanging out with them. And, like, some people do draw trouble. Yeah. You know? Trouble I don't know what makers. it is about those people. Do any of you draw trouble? No. No. Say, mm. Someone say yes for the edgy thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> I feel like I attract, like, if there's a crazy guy in the street and he's like, I need someone to fuck with, it's always me. Right. I think he's just trying to oh. talk to you. I yeah. don't know. No, that happens to I me all that. the time too. Really? Me too. I've had people like come up to me and like start barking at me. Yeah. And, like, I, start shaking me. Whoa. Yeah. Like, shaking you? Yeah. Like I was walking out of a venue with my wife once. Like, I was walking down the street and it's always like frat dudes. We have to be in like a college type of place and like to come up to me and start like, you know, trying to get rowdy and whatnot. That and, was like, just a really big fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that seems to always happen. I get that too. Yeah. I'm a and I know, like, I can see it. I, I know it's going to happen. What's going on here, Jonah? Is that <laughs> your phone awesome. giving us directions? <laughs> it's reading it's something. It's giving directions to this place, Bibber and Bell. <laughs> we have to go there right now. <laughs> Do you think it, like, yeah. I fa- it's trouble? A, oh, Do you guys believe crazy. in signs? Because we should mm-hmm. maybe go to this place right I'm now and it. see what's Synchronicity. happening. Yeah. yeah. Dude, this is <laughs> this is insane. The so Siri just transcribed everything Ace said, and then says, I found a lot of liquor stores near you. Wow. And gave oh, me directions. Yeah. Ace is like, you're like the singularity. You're the one who speaks to machines. But, but, oh wait, wait, I want to read what it says because it's so wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quote, whiskey and strong for people. There are some people like that, you know, like some people do draw trouble. Yeah, I want to do any of you draw trouble. Yeah, I feel like I try to fuck with. It's always me up to you. You get to come up to me and I start barking and shake in the venue with my wife is walking on the street and it's always like Friday. What? And then it gave me directions to a liquor store. End of interview. Right. <laughs> wow, guys. Awesome. Let's get drunk, fellas. I know. I guess, wow. I guess that's what's happening. Yeah. I know where to Feels get right. it. No. Um, now I feel like something's in the room. You well, know what so I mean? Like I, I feel I like... turned on this thing on my phone the other day where it's like you can act it. I don't know why I activate it, but you can like if you say like talk Siri or like it just automatically peaks yeah. perks up or something. But I I don't know why I turned it on. I never fucking use it. But I was like, I just turned it on and that's the first time it's ever happened. Jonah, are you worried at all about artificial intelligence? It's funny. This is something that I also talk about apparently a lot when I get drunk. I talk about the singularity in aliens. What alcohol makes you do that? Every single one, because I kind of talk about it a lot anyways. (laughs) But I get less self-conscious about it. Um, I was talking to this guy, this really smart internet guy in Austin, and I was like, are you worried about artificial intelligence? 
machines getting smarter than us and then turning <coughs> on us. It seems inevitable. Mm. And he was not worried about it. He's like, I think it's just a fad of the Kurzweil stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what do you guys think? Do you do you think about like what things are going to be like a hundred years from now, like yes. with artificial intelligence? Like, yeah, <laughs> I kind of can't wait. I'm going to be the first person in line to get. You know, like we were talking about this on the way up, like the uh, Apple Watch or whatever. Yeah, I don't want that, but I want one that just bypass. I don't want. I want it in my head. It's. I don't think it's going to be that much longer. I think it's going to be way sooner yeah. than yeah, it seems soon. like. Like, explain I, to me what Apple Watch is. Uh, I don't. I really like don't this know. Square so that you, look kind of weird that you put on your arm. It like replaces your phone. Yeah, there's oh. a big article in the New Yorker about about yeah, but it's like basically if you turn your wrist, it turns on. It's like basically like the next iPad or right. evolution. It's just a smaller. But getting close to that assimilation yeah. I mean, between I mean, man yeah, and machine, people are going to look at us like and look at iPhones and be like, "This was like a joke, right? Like, you like could charge tapes. this thing and pull it out and talk on it, like yeah, yeah." Huh. yeah. That is curious. Do you, guys, do you guys look into? Have you guys seen like any of the Oculus Rift stuff or like the newer kind I've of seen VR some of stuff? It. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't used it yet. I want to. I was. Uh, I was thinking it was at the MoMA for that Bjork thing, and I was there over the weekend. Okay. And she made a video for, not necessarily the Oculus Rift, but like a virtual reality like thing. And I thought it was going to be there, but it wasn't. So I was hoping to use it. But I'm into that stuff. When I was a kid, I bought a virtual reality. I'm using air quotes here. Helmet for a Sega Genesis. Okay. And this was like totally off brand, oh, like yeah. like totally third party, probably not registered with any real company. And uh, all it was was two small screens with a very large helmet, and you would play like that. And I hated it. And then it caught fire while on my head, and I threw it out my window. And that was the end of that. So I'm willing to give it another shot. You were like a pioneer. So I was, now, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like lawnmower man. <laughs> Dude, there's a shit now. Where I was listening to this podcast with Duncan Trussell, and he went to this VR conference, and yeah, he was saying like they scan your face, and then like if you're playing a video game, it'll be like you can be like animals, like other creatures, but mm-hmm. it'll all have your facial features. And he was saying how like in the future, like you're not like male and female isn't even going to be a thing. Like you'll just feel like being a girl one day. You'll, be in that world like and just live in that world yeah but it's almost mm-hmm. like your physical body won't even matter well it's like that yeah. second life thing which yeah. i don't think is like is as big a deal as it was right but like people were like living in it there's a whole mm-hmm. documentary about it i think it's called second life i watched once really and they're just like people who have these relationships on there or like a, a woman who is a man in there or vice versa and uh it seems harmless until you don't you know you quit your job and you're family leaves you whatever you can make a living on it too like you make real money yeah people just like design little outfits and like they sell those little outfits for your avatar to wear Mm -hmm. and like they make like 50 grand a year or whatever selling fake clothing you have to buy land and all that's crazy stuff wow we gotta get on that that's cool we're too late they are too late it's pretty much over no way no i know it's not going no well, I mean, way. Yeah. What's the it's, like whole, it's, like, it's like a whole new it's a whole new realm that's opening up, you know. <laughs> hidden there. All the hidden aspects of reality are like it's like that black mirror show. Becoming more yeah. you know. But I see the way people play those like RPG games and stuff, and it's kind of the same vibe as mm-hmm. almost second life. Like you you make your character exactly who you want it to be, what like functions you want to perform, and then you walk around this world. I've I've watched someone someone who I tour with is a big time person into those and i watch him play and i'll literally watch for an hour where they're just like cruising around nothing happens you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. they're not interacting with anyone they're literally just like cruising around this right. world and i'm like wow that's like video games now you know yeah. could have played a whole two games of madden 
in yeah. that time. And he was just cruising around this world. But it's you like, get lost in it, and it yeah. is. But it's just as real as what we're seeing with our own eyes, is it's it? True. If we want to go there. I was just talking about this the other day. It's more real, actually, than what we see with our eyes because backing off <laughs> all the all the things that really drive reality some things like emotions that aren't real per se you can't see them are actually becoming real in virtual reality and they're more real it's like more i don't know how to say it, it's more real than what we actually see the, the things that are in driving a, reality i guess in a sense yeah like you know bill's a big proponent for virtual reality <laughs> well, it's cool yeah. it's like books and movies interacting with each other in real time like creative ideas that are in this own separate realm that are able to interact huh. interesting it's still frightening i could see it yeah i just bought a really cheap isaac asimov book nice. i ran out of i was just in canada and i had no money you guys know how that goes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not because i'm like on the street but because i couldn't convert any money at any appropriate time and i needed to get dinner get a cup of coffee and grab a book for 11 canadian so i found this like three dollar isaac asimov paperback called robot city and it's a cool story about this like kind of self-contained robot city that was building and feeding itself Hmm but for humans in this bizarre way. And one of the things they talk about through that book is the fact that robots implicitly cannot turn on us Mm. because of our necessity of being for their necessity of being as far as, like, their programming only allows them to do what we would like them to do. And even if they were to go to artificial intelligence, something has to drive this need for them because they don't have emotional needs they don't have or are we saying they are going to i'm I saying i mean yeah i think they can yeah i think they'll yeah. develop them Absolutely. i mean this story is from like 60s or 70s probably mm-hmm. so i think they're just going to be so much smarter than us that there's no way they're just going to be like i'll just do whatever this idiot tells me yeah like at one point there's gonna be like fuck this i should be in charge but are they going to get yeah. jealous eventually then of like our ability to just I don't know, let's say have sex. Just because they're like, oh, wow, humans can just, like, feel good. Yeah, but see, that really, the whole feeling, thinking, it really makes the question apparent, I think, is, like, are humans robots? Oh. Is there any real difference? There's this radio lab that I was listening to where they interview the most, like, advanced AI. I think it's, like, Bina 1432 or something, like, summing numbers, and this Apparently, it's like the most advanced AI robot ever made. It's somewhere in Vermont. And Radiolab sends this interviewer who's English to go interview it. And because of his accent, she can't register anything he's saying. Yeah. So I just think it's so funny how like the most advanced thing man has created so far got tricked by an English accent. Well, what's also mm. crazy is like, and like what Kurzweil does a lot too, is like that reverse engineering the brain. It's like mm. we still have no fucking idea how the brain works, like right. how it holds yeah. so much information. How I mean, like right. that's the only thing. It's like it's crazy. We know so much, and the brain is so much of it is still sort of a mystery. Mm. Bill, maybe that alludes to what you're saying. Maybe the more and more we uncover about the brain, we will find out it's that we were engineered. Right, we're Absolutely. biological. Well, you know, the DNA that. is just a technology. There's been Could a be. thing where they've actually gotten into like really deep into like the brain, like the DNA, and found all ones and zeros. That's like a oh, legit yeah, right. thing. It is a, it is code very much. Yeah. Just, yeah. 
digital. Yeah. Now I'm looking Strange. at, I'm like in this room, looking at all you guys in kind of this right, we could. sort of suspect kind of way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, they almost found me out. Right. Yeah, kinda, I kind of got that Party like Truman on, Show feeling right now <laughs> that I'm like, Maybe the only human among four robots in this room or something weird. Joe's like, let's talk about Disc Maker or anything else. Tell me you can't envision Jonah right now going like this. <laughs> and just pulling something off. Oh, I mean, roll. I could. Yeah. Yeah, right now. Um, Wait, do you want to go to my list? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yes. Yeah. Wow. I think I had more. Let's see. I'm really there's... impressed. Before we leave the AI thing, though, let's just take note that Ray Bradbury was thrilled with computers he thought there should be more of them but before he died he he went back on it he said we need to get rid of them there's too Ooh, many really yeah. okay i didn't know that yeah just a just a tidbit ray bradbury <laughs> and he knew a lot. science fiction <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you know i'm just not educated enough maybe to even know i can just no have one a knows feeling, that. right yeah but but I think we finished it sort of on that Matrix vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so sure. I'd say let's stick with that. For now, we are all engineered mm-hmm. by who we don't know. Ourselves. Philosophically, who we've deemed to be God, but probably just a group of people who made really advanced robots that look like us. Or we yeah. did it and we just forgot. Oh, yes, I love yeah. that. I love that. Forgotten knowledge. Or we're just programmed to not have that knowledge. Oh, my we God. We programmed ourselves such right. forethought. So we don't know. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. We can't, we can't, like, fathom the thought. Like, yeah. See, now I can't even get think off about this. it. Like, Because that shit's real. You ever think, it? like, we're not allowed to picture an ending as a human? You know, it's like that type of thing. Like, think about the universe. You can't think about it actually ending. All you could think about is that it has to keep going because something has to be beyond that wall. Something has to keep going. We're engineered to think like that, Bill. Hmm. Or are we engineered to not be able to think past that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because we are engineered with a very general question that can never be answered. Right. Mm. It is interesting. Yeah. So maybe it's not purgatory. It's just this is what we're supposed to be. So maybe we rise up. Is that the next step? Too much work. (laughs) Yeah, I sort of like the status quo. Of just kind of not knowing and having some robot overlords telling me what to do. I dig it. Having yeah. a good time. They gave us the internet Dude. after all. Yeah, why not? Yeah, but what you guys have not seen Battlestar Galactica. It's not good. We're going to be enslaved. Yeah, what if you're working like in a quarry? <laughs> no, they won't like... quarry me. Yeah, but then we, get, then we get the chance to rise up then and it'll, it'll be a cool story. You but, the, but you'll literally, literally only be outfitted with rocks. That's all you'll have. No, you could turn the robots into some kind of weapon. How are you going to do that? With ingenuity. Whatever got us here. See, that's it. That's why I always think maybe we're not robots. And Bill's our destined leader. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Bill's the only one that can save us. (laughs) I got to be honest. Between now the knowledge of your farming Hmm. and your sort of, you know, intellect on robots here, like if the shit hit the fan right now. Oh, I always say that. I'm getting behind you. Every time we used to have the, you know, the... And I'll even give you this. I'll give them the Swiss (laughs) Army. I'll be like, you, lead us. Mm. Every time there's like, what happened if the zombie and, you know, apocalypse happened? Like, it all goes down. Bill's number one or two, a person I call. I'd be like, I'm going with wherever he's going. Who's two? Probably my wife. I just got to take her with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bill's... Yeah, Bill's right there. Because he's going to know how to get us through some stuff. 
I but don't want to be around him. But he also take you down the worst road exactly. ever. Exactly. And that's the thing with um, Bill. You know, he's great. Oh, you gotta he's great. He's very far to one side. You know, that's my. That's why I wouldn't follow him in the apocalypse. That's the only reason. Because diplomacy is out of the question. Well, I mean, and like, you know, it's not like... It's like it's very far to one. His side. idea is either going to be so radical that it's going to work, or it's going to just he's going to be dead. He's going to fall right into the fire. <laughs> you know, it's edgy. This is what uh, <laughs> this is like uh, an early November van ride. It's just like yeah. the most insane topic, and then it gets to the point where we're like, "What are you, what are we talking about here?" Perfect. Just, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Kind of like how this wound up. Yeah. What else you got on there? I'm oh, very curious. I wanted to talk about the fact that Alan Jackson has a song called "So You Don't Have to Love Me Anymore," and I was going to make the point that how many fucking people probably used some lyric just like that for about a hundred years in rock and roll music. Uh-huh. That's the only thing I got to be honest. Until this morning, I'd never heard anything about that shit with you guys and the Get Up Kids. Hey, no idea. Yeah, no idea. And I just want. You to know from me, whatever happened, I think is bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the much appreciated. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And we don't even have to talk about it more if you don't want to. No, it's not a big. I just wanted to bring up no, the Alan I have Jackson no fucking song. idea what you're talking about. Yeah, in the song we were Baby Blue. Twenty one years old. I was twenty. Okay, and decided that the Get Up Kids were the most special, like the band that influenced me the most. So I wanted to, as a nod to them, put that lyric into one of our songs, saying. Letting our people, you know, fans who liked us know that this is where we came from type of a thing. Which is something that your band does all the time. Which to me is just rad. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We actually got clearance from their management and them, who we thought was clearance. And then after the song was released, um, they sued us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had to pay the mechanical on it. So essentially, I think the gag order ended, so we can talk. Yeah, about it. it's oh, it wasn't okay. a big deal. We were we were just more I figured so. You just might not want to. That's it wasn't the money that yeah. bummed us Sorry, out. Yeah, we we patched it up since then. Yeah, so. we yeah. were just bummed that they didn't take it the way we thought they would. Yeah, not like, like oh my god, they're going to bring us on tour. Just like hey, we love your band. You mean a lot to us. That's the only reason. Yeah, the only right. reason we did it. And, and I think it was one of those things from their angle. Like they had built this really cool genre type. Like you know they had they were one of the biggest bands in that. And they saw us as these kids that were trying to, like, I don't know, I guess be lame. I, I don't know what, but, like, I guess I could sort of see, like, being a little bitter about it. Maybe I wouldn't have sued them, but, I mean, if somebody did that to us, but I probably wouldn't have. I don't think I'd yeah. ever sue anybody. I mean, I could see potentially confronting the issue. Right. You see you guys around and be like, what is that all about? You know what I mean? And or then just, they would see and us if, and be like. And if like, you find out it's in a good nature and it comes from that place. Right. Like, how the hell are you... Like, it kind of made me mad when I was seeing it today, when I saw that. Because I think it's so just, like, negative to the spirit of what, like, all of this is supposed to be or should be. You know what I mean? And the fact that, like, anyone can think that they, like, trailblaze such a path that, like, nobody's allowed to touch them... Or that you're so special that nobody's allowed to grab from you or something. Like, the whole spirit of rock and roll is all just, like, tasteful stealing and moving it in different directions, right? And, like, and I I would always think, if I see any band that seems to be, like, influenced by my band or something, I'm, like, rad. Yeah. Cool. You know what I mean? Because that's the spirit of it all. And that's, like, or that's the spirit I think it should be. So that's... Why I think, like, I don't know. 
Has that I ever, think it's kind of Has anything like that ever happened with Brian? With your band? Because I feel like he, he does a lot of that. Yeah, there's like Sam Cooke references. Right. Yeah, there's just like old rock and roll references. I mean, I doubt Sam Cooke... I don't think he's alive, is he? No, no. But like, I don't think the so estate was like, "Hey, knock that no. off." It's like it's clearly like just an homage that quickly goes somewhere else, and it's like exactly. Um, yeah, I think I think when it came down to our thing was, we they could have easily, easily just said no. We we would prefer you don't do this, and we would have totally been like, no problem. Sure. We respect that. Right. But the fact that we were given the thumbs up because we did it the right way, we didn't just do it arbitrarily and say, "Well, fuck them." Yeah, we, we did it the right way and asked for the permission, and we got it. Years later. I heard from from them saying that they just weren't they 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 didn't like our label or they didn't like that what we did on that or uh, what, like what the label did because they were somewhat entwined in the very beginning and uh, they just didn't they they wanted to get back at them or it was more of a, a thing for that it wasn't yeah. against us. But I actually got to talk to Matt about it um, a few a couple of years ago for the first time. I'd never yeah you guys did some tour together right, right? We toured together yeah. and you know we. We talked. It was like, you know, I got a ton off my chest, and we, you know, cleared it all. We're all pretty good at this point. But it was definitely, like, a thing. Like, they didn't, like, drive through. They didn't like the idea of what was happening in the scene. Yeah. Right. And that was just their way of... I mean, I get so it. So maybe it was maybe more, like, just a reactionary thing, and you guys were kind of the poster yeah. boys for their whole... Yeah, at this point, or something. it was like 12 years ago, so every, everyone was probably in a different headspace, yeah, obviously. like absolutely. We were probably like, oh my god, how could they? And they were probably like, we would just rather you not. So Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, when I hear stuff like that, because I could imagine maybe, like, they viewed themselves as a version of, like, emo pioneers or something, yeah. and then you guys were perhaps, like, stemming off this other form of emo that was, like, coming later on. I'm old enough to remember, and so are you, emo that came before Get Up Kids. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, and, yeah, like, right. the shit that created them. Right. Like, like they didn't pull their shit out of thin air. Like, that came from other bands. For like, sure. They came from other bands that I liked. You know what I mean? Does Get Up Kids exist without, you know, early 90s Revelation Super Records or, or yeah. Super Chunk or, yeah, or Sebado or, like, any of that 90s stuff? No. But this kind of stuff happens a lot. This happened to Thursday, too. Um, yeah. Because Jeff talked, because they totally. had that song, uh, they had that line, please take things hands, throw them in the river. What is that from? It's from uh, Workforce Drowning, the first song on War All the Time. Yeah. And it's from some, like, traditional, I wish Jeff was here, because he could, but some, some traditional kind of old poem or something, and Godspeed had used it, too. Mm. Oh. And when so. the Thursday thing came out, Godspeed was like, you ripped us off. All this stuff, you stole our lyrics, and Jeff was like, dude, this is like a, you guys didn't come up with this, and this is like an homage to this, and it's like, so we wrote a song about Godspeed on our last record called um, F Sharp A Sharp Dollar Sign, because they have that F Sharp A Sharp Infinity. Um, Haven't heard anything from them yet. But uh, yeah, it's like that kind of stuff, it's like you can't, it's so weird. But I was so stoked on that um, Robin Thicke, Pharrell having to pay all Marvin money. Gaye's uh, yeah. estate yeah because mm-hmm. I feel like those guys I feel like when you get that big you almost feel like you can get away with anything and to me it was kind of nice to be like no you guys can't just fucking like that to me is different yeah I, I agree it's tough it's like where do you draw the line between yeah. uh, influence and like copying or yes. like you're ripping off because everything's like, based on something yeah and it's, it's and it's all it's subjective until it gets so far like oh that's clearly stolen you know right, right. so and that's just where it's a tough uh 
line to draw there. I think you realize that it doesn't matter, and that's the problem with this business. Like being sued by the ghetto kids was the best thing that ever happened because I, it, re- it made me realize when I was 20 that this is a business. It's mm. not about art. It's not about that. It's about like the second you enter it, it's about a business. But like what that did for me was made me realize what I, why I do it. And like I do it because I love to do it. So I don't see the sense in like somebody's ripping somebody off. Fine. It doesn't matter. It's, it's supposed to be art. It's supposed to be, I mean, whatever you use it for. I mean, obviously that song was massively huge and everybody made a lot of money. But like at the same time, I can't see like actually being like that whatever you're making out of thin air here is I own a piece of that. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't like I don't like that angle of it you know what i'm saying yeah so you think you maybe learned like early on that just the separation between the two things like like what you can control creatively and then sorry but no problem once it's like just out there that what it's just not yours anymore what it when it's out there it's not yours anymore exactly and that's how that's how i look at it like i mean i'm sure like if uh if somebody took a piece of my song and used it and like they were just at my level, I'd probably be like, cool. Right. But if it was a smash hit, I'd probably then feel a little bit different. I'm sure. You know, I'm not naive enough to think I wouldn't. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know. I just think we should remember why we all got into this. Yeah. And, totally. I mean, that would be cool. But I think sure. that's evident in, like, some of the choices you guys have made at a band. Like, I remember when I was at AP and I got that, I'm so bad with name, but that triple record. Yeah. And there was, like, a whole, that whole spoken word thing. I was right. like, I was like, this isn't so like not what i expected yeah. like conceptually but it's really interesting yeah think about that all the time those decisions that went into that's why that happened it wasn't like for me i wanted to make something that was going to be different i knew that we had a we were at a turning point it was either like you're going to make an album that can get you to the place where all these emo bands are going the only way out of the glass ceiling is to the radio mm-hmm. you know it's the only way out or i can go on this other path which is make the weirdest thing that you possibly can just because you like to create something and hopefully that will bust you through the glass ceiling. Either Mm -hmm. way, it's like, you know, it's always been my driving thing is to try and push what I can do. Not that that record came out great because it obviously has flaws everywhere, but, Mm -hmm. you know. That's a bizarre part about this business, isn't it? Like, you almost can get to a point where the, the only way you can buy your freedom is to go through the top right right like because once you get to a certain point you're tied into it yeah you know you're you're tied into these labels and managers and agents and that's just scene in general and yeah yeah and there's just these things coming from everywhere and the only way you can almost achieve your freedom is like you can't sit in the middle and have your freedom right right you either have to be broken on the edge and really going for it or really going for it the other way toughest place there's like no middle class in rock and roll is there yeah Yeah. it's funky it is but that it makes me think about like that tour when i was with you guys that was so crazy with cartel because it was like right before they did that whole like yes thing played in that bubble yeah Yeah. oh they were the reality they were the reality one it's like that band was so big and super nice dudes but so big but i feel like that was a thing where it's like oh we'll do this this will be a great move to propel us to the next level give us and it basically seemed like after that it kind of like not that they were like a joke but it kind of like it was hard to take it seriously and i feel like it kind of yeah. like yeah, yeah i don't think yeah. anyone can look back on that and say it was like, was like the right move at yeah the time. i mean at the time i'm sure it was or like oh you sure. mtv was still like a 
totally. a massive stronghold for breaking right. bands. And it seemed you know, Dr. Pepper's behind. It's going to be this great thing, but it came, it turned into a bit of a bit of a joke when it. And those are those are great dudes, and we're super good friends with them. And I, but I don't think they look back on that very fondly. Yeah. And uh, it it was hard to like, you know, this whole record sponsored by Dr. Pepper more or less. And it's right. Like, you know, now there's like this corporate stink on it. Which at the end of the day, everything is somewhat have a, has a stink, but you don't need to, you know, advertise. Doc, Dr. Stink. Pepper presents yeah. a band's record. Right, Everyone's got to right. take a shit, but you don't have to put it on yeah. a plate and show it to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it is. I mean, I, it's something I struggle with too. Is that idea that like you want to do something independent and you want to do something cool, and every time I show up to a festival. And just see fucking Heineken banners and I see Red Bull banners and I see all this stuff. And I'm like, Jesus, like, as much as I try to stay out of it, those people are paying me today. Yeah. Whether I like it or not, I'm part of this, you know? And it's a weird line to draw when you get to that point, isn't it? Like, where where art meets business yeah. and what to do with that. But it's the classic problem that everybody's had, isn't it? It's not an easy thing to navigate no. through. I mean... I think of, too, like, everybody talks about having their hit song, and that's what buys them their freedom or something. And then I think of, like, thinking not a surf. That's what comes to my mind off the bat, because I remember the song Popular, and I was like, yeah, kind of cool, like, whatever, a long fucking time ago. And then I'm in Australia, like, six years ago, hanging out, getting stoned at some dude's house. He's like, you hear the new not a surf? I'm like, that's a band still? (laughs) Like, oh, rad. I'm like, put it on. he's like... Like holy shit, so good. Like yeah. so good, so many. Good. And then I go back, yeah. and I see this like body of work. Even the record Popular's on yeah. is awesome, and everything they've done since. And I never gave that band a chance right. just because they had some like video with some cheerleaders in it. When I was like too fucking punk rock for everyone, yeah. and I never gave them a chance. Did you, you know? do our last live podcast at Union Hall where Matt from Not a Surf played two songs? No, not the last one. Okay, yeah, we had him perform. Did like... the first one where I cursed too much, <laughs> as usual. Sorry, <laughs> he was he was incredible. But we we had him as a guest. Really? Yeah, and he played two songs with him and emo. Yeah, and it was insane. Still badass. Just acoustic guitar and yeah, him, and yeah. it's just. And my friends after were like, "Dude, who? Like, I can't believe how." But yeah, they have like seven amazing records. But they is that the one. kiss of death? Sometimes is well, having that song, you know, in and on a certain level, it can be maybe. Yeah, or did they build enough of like yeah. a fan base during that time where they were able to like? I don't think they did. I think they had to start more I, or less from scratch. I think they basically started over. I think a lot of their fans might not even remember that. Or yeah, because mm-hmm. if you go their shows now, they don't do massive rooms. Like they do okay enough to sustain, and their records are great. Like Let Go is amazing. I know that's probably ten years old at this point, but like these records are really great. But they're they have their fans now, but I don't think any of those fans now are like left over from the major right. label days. Like I did a tour with Hanson, and those fans were still left over from the major label days. Oh, okay. Like the, those. The difference though is that they've made, they yeah. made it a foundation. Like a, like think about it. If I didn't have to worry about making money every single day to survive, like I, I think about this all the time. I made another record last week. Why? Because it's what I have to do to make. I have to keep doing things every single day. If I didn't have to think about that, if I had a little bit more, you know, um, if it was a little bit easier, I mean. Things would be way different, but when you come mm-hmm. from there, like you have that radio success, you're playing these shows, you're playing these all the festivals. I'm sure everything that they did for a few years, they probably had a nice little like foundation to then okay, we can be comfortable playing thousand cap rooms every night and doing that for the rest of oh, our yeah. career because 
you know, we don't need to get over that hump. Mm. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, no, I, think, I think they built a very respectful. I mean, Absolutely. popular was it was a weird, quirky novelty hit, but like yeah. it was a cool song. Yeah, and, that, song, yeah, and yeah. that record's cool. But then they went on to like make great records. I mean, a lot. I think you see that a lot, mainly out of the '90s. Mm. You know, because it was so it was so not easy, but you can have so many weird things could be hits. Right? Yeah, like, it was that's such true. A weird yeah. time when you music. hear like when you think about it when you're like. Butthole Surfers had like a hit yeah. song, like that kind of White shit. Like, Zombie, yeah, like it's yeah. fucking insane. Like Weedus is still a band, yeah. yeah, and like they do well in Europe, from what I understand. And like that's the weirdest song of all time. Like <laughs> Teenage Dirtbag's so weird, and like they have built a career from having that experience. And it's like huh. I don't know much about their new stuff, but I know that they're still an active touring band, so it must be doing well enough to sustain which is the hardest thing in the world to sustain right. yeah. yeah um so it's but you see a lot of that from the 90s such yeah. a weird time i feel like right now is sort of like that too I like i feel like radio and that side of the it's like way more creative and looking for something different and that's why you hear like these random things on the radio sometimes and i'm actually like that's, i didn't see that coming yeah. and i like that might was, be hitting that arc again right now yeah. like yeah i kind of agree i feel yeah. like that adele song sort of like I feel like rolling in the deep started something. I yeah. do, yeah, I do. Like that song was such a smash, and I don't know. I love that song. Like I love the tune. I love the way it was produced. Was like yeah, not copy cool. and right. Yeah, and I felt like that might have changed something. I guess I was hoping. Right. Maybe I'm just no. I think it did. It, I think with songs like that, Godier song steps. that yeah. was a crazy one too. Yeah, like that's that's like pumped up kicks, stuff like, like that definitely yeah. helped. I think MGMT like opened the doors a right. lot with that too. Like Absolutely. what a weird band Absolutely. out of the gate. You're like, look how weird this band is. They dress like aliens, <laughs> and like that song was weird, and it opened the floodgates for like weird synth pop, which I don't know if it's like happening right now so much, but it did for a good number of years. Yeah, yeah. weird time. What do you think's next, guys? In well, pop music, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Robots build? Yeah, robots. maybe robot music. Maybe computers uh, already, can start making yeah, that's it. That's already a problem for well, every drummer. <laughs> every drummer in music, music is fighting yeah. the robots these days. I love right now because it's like, I feel like that side of it, and not to be like too serious about it, but it's craving something authentic. Like it's craving the more authentic style music and like um, not so... I'm not saying that what was happening in pop wasn't authentic, but just the sound of it, the mm-hmm. textures. I think that's really cool. You see a lot more of that, and I dig it. Yeah, maybe humans will evolve vocal cords in our in our butts, and we'll start singing <laughs> out of our butts. Let's hope. What do you guys know. like? Where do you think like like you guys have been around for what over 15 years now, right? Yeah, yeah about that. Yeah, or about there. Yeah. Like, so like when you can, especially <laughs> since you stopped and you came back, I'm sure you've had a lot of time to like look at like the whole thing now like where do you see it at like do you see it as like this is where you want to be right now where you mean where we are right now yeah like i mean obviously i think where we are creatively is where i want to be yeah i feel like that makes sense i feel like where we are in the spectrum of where music's at and our peers are at and all that stuff like i mean i think it's healthy and whatever just to always want to keep getting better sure. and keep growing so i mean i think we'll always have that desire just to keep getting better but i mean i'm pretty creatively at least i'm pretty comfortable where we're at awesome yeah Sweet. yeah things have gotten pretty cool over the past couple of years um you know you think about like the drive-through boom which we never really i think that's actually did us a huge favor was that we never quite fit in with mm. what was happening at the time yeah 
like we were i mean that label did everything for us in the but it also was limiting to a point but we also did ourselves not consciously a favor but we came out of the gate sounding different than like the starting line and you know, something corporate whatever um, we didn't have any screams, you know, like Finch, because that was all over the place at the time. We made records to tape. Yeah, we did the first <laughs> record on like, tape. Right. Like, this was a very, because we came out of, like, what you were saying, like, the the early 90s, like, indie rock emo thing. That was what we were into at the I'm time. I'm sure you hit Badami at some point. We did our first yeah, two, we did right. two we did records with them. Um, but, yeah, we, we were coming out of, like, the Jets to Brazil, like, J-Tree, like, method of thinking. But we just happened to be on this label. So I think that did us a bit of a favor when it came to, like, aging. It's like now, we, you know. Not saying that the record stacks up, but it, it could. You know, it depends on who you ask. But um, just never quite fitting in, I think, did us favor so that now we can be like, you know, here's our back catalog. Here's where we are now. I think we may have aged a little bit more favorably than some of the bands who were very specific to that scene, which I guess is the challenge of being a part of any scene. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember with like the neon explosion with like Broken Side and all those bands like. They're not going to age. They didn't age well because it was <laughs> right. such. It was so to of, a time, a time totally. and we were always kind of harking back to the things we grew up on. You know, even with the Get Up Kids thing, which at that point the record was only a few years old, but always going back to the past while pushing forward, I think did us favors because we never cared too much about what was happening at that time, like in two thousand two. Hmm. You know, we just didn't do it. It was okay, but we just didn't. We didn't play that kind of music, which I think worked out well because people look back on the early 2000s era of email and it's not too fondly remembered right now <laughs> it's not it's not the best thing to be a part of but i think i think we somehow escaped relatively unscathed all right that was early november check out their new record in view um out now on rise records uh, Check it out. Rise killing it. Rise some of my favorite um bands from yesteryear on that label, you know. Like Hot, who? Do you want to shout out anybody? Hot Water Music. Yeah. Um The Jealous Sound. They got some they've, you know, a lot of popular newer bands, but I, I like I like the oldies. Because I'm kind of feeling like an oldie. There you go. He's touching the mic. I'm touching. Oh my god! Sorry. That's, that terrible sound you just heard. <laughs> I'm doing what Brad hates more than anything: touching the mic. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. What else, Brad? I don't know. I mean, we're done. This is it. This I, is the end of the podcast. Yes, this is the end of we the don't podcast. Need to, we, we don't need to be clever now. Yeah, I guess we I can... don't need to imbue it with anything else. No, there you go. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, visit us online, goingofftrack.com. There's hundreds of other episodes if you like this one. Um, there's also a donate button if you want to donate a dollar or two to help us pay for our server costs. We would greatly appreciate it so we can keep doing this for free and not go broke. Um, if you can't do that, uh, leave us a positive review on iTunes. Uh, I just checked the iTunes reviews the other day. Pretty positive. S- still hate the guy that said Stephen was a tool and I'm too Williamsburg for him. <laughs> but we have five stars overall, so fuck that guy. Uh, we need that guy. How fake would we look if we didn't have that one guy? Yeah, that's you true. You gotta have that's the neg- true. If you had no negative reviews, that's true. I, I do know some of the people who have left reviews are my friends, so I feel like those are are very very <laughs> sweet, but like mm, don't count as much, right? So yeah, okay. Thank you to that guy. <laughs> I don't even live in Williamsburg anymore. <laughs> I can't afford it. So hopefully, I'm not still too Williamsburg for you. Hopefully, I'm too Ridgewood for you. <laughs> Um, what else? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. United Nations has some shows. Sound Advice. 
check that out on um, Above Average's YouTube channel. Um, all my writing stuff is on jonabear.com. That's updated. Brad is always doing a million cool recording things that we can't talk about. <laughs> uh, and Steven, Steven, Steven's being a dad. He's doing a damn good job. Yeah, which is a pretty damn good, pretty important job to raise two kids. So uh, that's really impressive. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. He's also ho- <laughs> hosting stuff for Yahoo. Um, so check that out. Um, he's Check out his Twitter. He usually updates that. And I don't know. I think that's that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. If I, you, I think we could call it a wrap. Yeah, yeah. We could we, wrap it up. We have no sponsors to thank. Um, so I'd like to thank Brad for being here. Hey. We can always thank, you know, Rubber Tracks, Converse. Yes. Converse gives us a roof to do this yes. at, and they, you know... Yes, thank you to Converse. If it weren't for you, I don't know if this would exist. If it did exist, it would sound way shittier. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks to Rubber Tracks. Um, if you're in a band and you want to record at Rubber Tracks, uh, go to converse.com slash Rubber Tracks. Um, you can apply to this beautiful studio in Williamsburg or the new studio in Boston. Or there's pop-ups all over the place. Pop-ups all over the place. Yeah, check out the site because, um, yeah, the engineers here are awesome. I've recorded here. I've recorded here with my sister. I've recorded here with <laughs> my band. True. I've recorded in every room in this building. And uh, some of the best best engineers and some of the best sounding stuff I've ever made. So, um, yeah, thank you so much to Converse for helping us out. And, uh, yeah, we will be back next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.